0: Welcome to episode eight of Coast to Coast College Hockey Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jenna Van Sickle, and I'm here with your other co-host. Kara Mooney. Did you need a second to remember that one? Yes. It's been a long day, okay? Agreed. It's been a long, up until this point in this semester for me. But enough school talk from us. I really don't want to talk about all the homework I have to do after recording this. We have plenty to talk about today with playoffs on the way for both men's and women's D1 hockey and um, a few other exciting things on our docket. So with that, I say we just jump right into some polls.
1: A.K.A. the most boring section of the podcast.
0: Okay, you could spice it up if you would <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> well... I'm very hungry, so we're gonna put go through this as fast as possible. For the women's poll that came out on the 15th, uh, we have Wisconsin first, Northeastern second, Ohio State is third, Minnesota fourth, Colgate fifth, Boston College sixth, Minnesota Duluth is seventh. I always feel like I'm gonna say Minnesota Duluth because that's just how it's spelled. Um, Penn State on eight. Clarkson, nine, Providence, 10. And others that received votes were Robert Morris with seven, Quinnipiac with one, and Vermont with one.
0: It's especially interesting to look at the polls now with playoffs coming up to kind of see where teams might land. Obviously, it gets a bit more complicated with conferences and how that all pans out. But definitely something that I've been trying to keep track of As for the USCHO men's poll from the 15th, we have BC in first, no surprise there, followed by North Dakota, Minnesota State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, St. Cloud, Michigan, Minnesota, Duluth, Omaha, and then UMass Amherst wrapping out the top 10. One thing to note is we do just go through the top 10 of the men's rankings, but because they do have more teams, they do rank um, further down the list, but I, I don't really think it's worth talking about all of them. I will say I'm seeing a lot of Minnesota teams towards the top, which is exciting. Always my goal to see a BU-Minnesota game. I want it to happen.
1: If that was the case, who would you be rooting for?
0: BU. Oh, BU. I... I don't have like a super strong allegiance to the University of Minnesota in particular, but like any Minnesota team, I would love to see play BU or any of the teams I grew up watching like Big 10 hockey. I think that pretty much wraps it out for the rankings. There haven't been any extreme changes, anything too surprising, but the next thing that we have to talk about is certainly more interesting. We have the college hockey for diversity, equity and inclusion.
1: Yes aka college hockey for Dei It is a new initiative that was announced Wednesday February 10th and a group of 27 people uh, representing the 11 Division one hockey conferences began meeting in the summer of 2020 and are leading the movement and we have a quote here do you know who said it because it's not
0: So this is the this is their general like mission. Okay.
1: Okay, so their mission statement is uh, dedicating to creating positive cultural change in the sport through communication, education, allyship, and advocacy. Together, we are working for a better tomorrow, one shift at a time.
0: (laughs) A little cheesy at the end there, but yes, they are really focusing on their one shift at a time initiative right now. I did get a chance to, I've been seeing a lot of things about this on Twitter, just because it's a pretty recent announcement, but I did get a chance to check out their website and they do have some material on there. Um, If you go under communication, they have um, different resources, documentaries, books that you can check out to educate yourself. They also have an education tab with some more resources, including some TED Talks, um, which would be a little bit less of a commitment if you're looking for something Um, to fit into your busy schedule and then they have a bunch of articles featuring some of the athletes in D1 right now they have they've highlighted just some things from example colorofhockey.com where they talk about all the black players in women's hockey this season and they talk about they just have kind of made a compilation of all these articles from across D1 hockey, celebrating diversity and inclusion with hockey. Obviously, this is, I believe this is a step in the right direction. It's good to hear that they have were starting this uh, in the summer of 2020, and now it's becoming a reality. I do think that it takes more than this kind of initiative, and it especially takes stuff at the, the lower levels of hockey at the youth level especially, but I I don't think they're doing any harm by raising some awareness and hoping to educate some hockey fans out there.
1: It's, I mean, about time that something like this goes into hockey, but I guess it's better late than never, so.
0: Yeah, I would hope, obviously, I'm more familiar with college hockey than any other college sports, but I hope that I'm assuming there are programs like this for some other sports, but I hope that this in addition to those leads the way for this kind of program um, in all college sports and at levels professional and um, just youth as well. But that's pretty much all we have on that note. The majority of today's episode is going to be focusing on the playoffs, what they're going to look like in 2021, what to expect, and we're gonna break it down conference by conference, divided into men's and women's. So I think we're we're gonna start with men's. We both so I researched the men's playoffs information and then I researched the women's. So you'll hear from me for a while and then we'll switch it over once I am done. Any last words before I talk for a while? Break a leg. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. All right. So... The first thing I did, I just wanted to break down what each of the conferences is doing for their own tournament, which would then lead into the NCAA tournament. Just starting off with the first one I've listed, uh, the Atlantic Hockey Association, all 11 teams will be participating in the tournament over three weekends, which will end at Buffalo's Harbor Center. The last game's on their schedule currently are it's february 27th so i'm not sure they have if they have dates specifically for their tournament out yet but i'm assuming it would be the three following weekends moving on to the big 10 conference they will be having their tournament march 18th through 20th at the compton family ice arena in notre dame indiana so they are opting for a single location tournament so they're having a one weekend single elimination format rather than spreading it out And this is a format that they used during the first four years of Big Ten hockey. So for some of the fans in the older generation, this might look familiar to them. Uh, This will feature all seven conference teams, and it will consist of six games, three games on Thursday, March 18th, two games on that Friday, and then the championship game on Saturday, March 20th. ECAC hockey is having the four programs that that participated this season complete Single elimination championship. So all postseason games will be on campuses, which is a bit different than what some of the other conferences are doing. That'll be the same weekend as the Big Ten conference, and the winner receives an automatic bid, similar to how all the other ones work out. Um, And this is the first time since 2014 that the ECAC Hockey Men's Championship will not be at Lake Placid so that's a bit of a switch up for them I'm not super familiar with their tournament but it sounds like that's a pretty solid tradition of theirs in recent years so hopefully next season they can go back and play at Lake Placid I know that's an amazing place to go and play Hockey East something I'm a bit more familiar with as a Boston University student I've been checking in with them periodically to see what the playoffs are going to look like I think the most interesting thing coming out of this is the Hockey East Power Index, as they're calling it. So the regular season for the men will end at the latest, March 7th, and then they will have a single elimination format, with which has each game hosted at the home arena of the higher seed. So currently, we don't know exactly where the locations of this tournament will be, and it will be reseeded. So it's a bit unknown right now but it will all be based on this new mathematical formula they have, the power index, which I love it. <laughs> um, so they will begin with three opening round games between seeds six and 11 on Wednesday, March 10th and seeds one through five will automatically qualify for the quarterfinals. Following a reseeding, the quarterfinals will take place on Sunday, March 14th and the semifinals are set for Wednesday, March 17th. And then the championship game will be on March 20th. So it's sounding like most of these conferences are expecting to have their automatic bid figured out on the 20th. So that'll be a pretty big day for college hockey all around. The next conference we have to talk about, the National Collegiate Hockey Conference, their postseason format, location, and dates are changing from their usual plan. They will have their tournament March 12th through 16th in Grand Forks, North Dakota on the UND campus. Again, single elimination format. Uh, And their quarterfinals will be the 12th, 13th. And then semifinals and championship will take place Monday, March 15th, and then Tuesday, March 16th. So there'll be a one day in between quarterfinals, and then finishing out the tournament. And they will not be having a third place game, which would usually take place. And this replaces the traditional playoff format that the NCHC has used in its first seven seasons, which consisted of a best of three quarterfinal series on campus sites, and then the frozen face-off at XL Energy Center in St. Paul. So again, another shift in how they're operating because of COVID and the abbreviated season, everything is looking a bit different. The last conference I have to talk about, I know this is a lot of information all at once, but I figured it might be good to have a bit of a guide to everything that is going to be happening in college hockey in regards to playoffs, is the Western Collegiate Hockey Association, and they will have their quarterfinals starting um, on March 12th. The postseason will begin with the top four teams each hosting a best of three quarterfinal round series. So, I believe they are the only conference doing a best of three versus a single elimination style. And then the four highest remaining seeds will meet in a two round championship weekend at the site of the highest remaining seed, March 19th and 20th. So, the location of that is currently not known. Then after all of this hockey happening, it'll be a bit hard to keep track of, but it'll all culminate in the NCAA tournament with 16 teams, single elimination. So this will include six conference championships who have their automatic bid from those tournaments I talked about, and then the remaining best 10 teams selected at an at-large basis by the D1 Ice Hockey Committee. So that means teams that did not win their conference have they come in second they have a pretty good chance of still being in the tournament and having a chance at the championship and then a total of four teams will be seated with each of the seated teams being placed at one regional site so they are trying to divide this up and be as safe as possible um they have announced three out of four of the regional locations. The East Regional will be in Bridgeport, Connecticut, hosted by Sacred Heart and Yale. The Midwest Regional will be in Faro, North Dakota, hosted by UND. And the West Regional will be in Loveland, Colorado, hosted by Denver. We are still waiting to hear on the Northeast Regional, which is the one probably most pertinent to us here at Coast Coast College Hockey Podcast. And then the winner of each regional will advance to the Frozen Four, My favorite part of the tournament, obviously it's some of the best hockey you watch all year. So April 8th to 10th, they will be having that portion of the tournament at PBG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, hosted by Robert Morris University. So (laughs) that is, believe it or not, a brief summary of the playoff format for men's hockey I know that it can seem a bit daunting to try and find all the information, so hopefully having it all in one place and as something that you can go back to is helpful to someone out there, because uh, I did a lot of research for that.
1: There's not a lot to talk about for the woman's. <laughs> uh, it was actually very, it was kind of difficult to find information, but when I found it, it was very easy to read, and there just wasn't, like, a lot of in-depth as there is for the men's. But for the women's side of college hockey, we have the CHA. Uh, They're doing a single weekend tournament for all six teams um, if the virus protocols allow in Erie, Pennsylvania. I did not find a date for that. Hockey East, they are doing single elimination. Oh my god, I can't talk. (laughs) They're doing a single elimination tournament involving all of its teams seated based on, we've already talked about it, the Hockey East Power Index. And the schedule is kick off with a couple elimination games on the 24th this month uh, to get down to eight teams for the quarterfinals. And then the remaining games will actually be hosted on the campus of the higher C. I feel like that's going to be interesting. The WCHA is limiting their tournament to the top four game to top four games with semis and finals on March 6th and 7th. That's all the information I could find. Uh, the ACAC Uh, All the four teams remaining of the 12 that are in the conference and did not play, um, they will compete in semifinals hosted by the top seed on March 16th, followed by a final the next day. And then the NCAA National Collegiate Women's Ice Hockey Championship, all 18 participating will travel to Erie, Pennsylvania to compete in the Erie Insurance Arena March 15th to the 21st. Uh, Selections for the championship will be announced March 7th, and two of the quarterfinal games would be conducted on March 15th, while the remaining two will be held March 16th. And then the semifinal of the Women's Frozen Four would take place March 19th, followed by the National Championship game on March 21st. And that concludes the women's hockey section.
0: Yes, I do think, I mean, they do have fewer conferences, so it is just a bit less information in general. But I don't know about you, but I have definitely been feeling um, that women's college hockey has been put on the back burner even more, significantly more than usual this season. I feel like it's really been an afterthought. And I think it shows in how much information is out about uh, the playoffs for them versus the men's. I think my research, I had a bit more to look up, but it was certainly easy to find once you knew what you were doing. And it was things that had been announced at the beginning of their season.
1: Not only that, but it, like from a media standpoint, it's also very frustrating with all the, the lack of information compared to the men's. And not knowing like what's going on every other week.
0: I will say as someone who has been working at uh, games within the Hockey East Conference, and this is both men's and women's, I (laughs) am a little bit sick of trying to rearrange my life every Tuesday when I find out what that weekend schedule is going to be. And then they change it one or two days later. So I certainly think that this season has been hard one for women's hockey and I think that it's a lot of the sports that people really push to come back Were those sports that you see televised more or that you know the men's sports men's hockey men's basketball football but I think it's important to remember that you know there are other athletes out there and these women some of them do want to play professional hockey after this and they are student-athletes just the same as the men's teams. So it's definitely frustrating to see. I hope more information on their playoffs and specifics is coming out, you know, in the next couple of days, we're kind of, for example, Hockey East, The regular season is ending this weekend. We're running a bit close to deadline here. Yep, I agree. Obviously, there's nothing either of us can do about that, but I figured I might cheer us up with a bit of a, fun segment to end off today's episode this is a bit old news it's certainly not new news but I was seeing some buzz on Twitter again about the 2019 draft walk-up song list there's this picture and all right you can see it like on the next page of the doc and it's all of these players what they want to be their walk-up song during the draft and then their second choice And I don't know why I find this document so funny, but I do, I (laughs) really do. Um, Some of my favorites, I have to say, um, there's several mentions of Mamma Mia, which iconic walk-up song. I don't think I would have thought of that. There's one first pick and then one second choice that put Donald Trump by Mac Miller and then in parentheses, Instrumental only with two exclamation points. So I don't know if that's the player saying that or if that's whoever was writing it. <laughs> two others that I quite liked off the list, Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Not really my first thought as a walk-up song, but I really admired the choice. And then to round out my list of favorites, we have Bad Guy by Billy and they did not spell her last name right. So it was spelled.
1: Wow, that is just, oh my. Eshlish? Eshlish, yep, that's her name now.
0: Yeah, Bad Guy by Billie Eshlish. Interesting walk-up song in itself. Like I think it would have made my list of favorites if it wasn't misspelled, but just adding in the fact that Billie Eilish's name is horribly misspelled, I do think it had to make my list. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you see any on the list that you, that stick out to you at all? Where is it?
1: I cannot pronounce his name, but Vladislav Firstov. Um, It says no choice, but then it says that he added Beautiful Day. Yes. I love your music taste. Thank you. Uh, that is a great one. I think any U2 song is phenomenal. So bless you for actually having Good music taste. I've seen a lot of panic at the disco. No, stop, please, just move on. Oh, so I see one mention of the Old Town Road. No, again, never. Um,
0: So you're criticizing criticizing some. some I am
1: criticizing a lot of these. I mean, I don't know, I have to slow. I know. I'm seeing Eye of the Tiger. Amazing. Yes. Another great one. Good music. Love it. Um, <laughs> wait, Old Town Road was on here twice. Oh, yes. God. That I, I
0: didn't have the heart to tell you. Uh,
1: um, no. Also, I'm actually seeing some country on here. Uh, it's players. Of course,
0: there's country.
1: I mean, the someone I used to know, I'd consider that pop country. It's all right. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I... I will say, so there's lots of Drake on Wait. Me, as we expected.
1: I found the one. Yes. I have found the one. Cotton Eye
0: Joe. <laughs> Amazing. I forgot to add that to my list. But yes. <laughs> Because honestly, if you're going to give 18-year-old boys the choice of what song they want to walk up to the stage on potentially national TV, why not?
1: Did you see uh, Trevor Zegras, his one?
0: Yeah, so he's I'm, I'm the Man by 50 Cent.
1: I hate that. No. That, no.
0: And then his backup is Blood, Sweat, Tears. By Future. Yeah it's cut off. But as I was saying before you came to the beautiful realization that there is in fact Cotton Eye Joe on this list. I am surprised that no one made the choice because there's so many Drake songs on here. I cannot emphasize this enough. Trust me look this list up. It's as soon as I think I've looked at the whole list I find something I haven't seen. Oh, There's all these Drake songs and no one picked Draft Day. (laughs) That would have been
1: yeah that would have been what's the term I'm looking for? You know, i just forget what I was thinking. Just let's- Okay. Yeah, what I was gonna say though was I found Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Also another great choice. Love the classic rock.
0: Third choice for your draft day walk-up song though.
1: When I'm, another one bites the dust, and another one does, and another one. Cause you're not biting the dust. I mean, that's their second choice. Their first choice is Shallow iconic (laughs) um back in black spencer knight a
0: bc boy one of my birthday buddies yes so exciting i want to know what this burn the house down is because that's on there a couple times maybe we i i would be totally down to make a playlist out of every song that is on here just to listen to the chaos that would be a roller coaster I think I could study to it. I don't know what. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not study. No, no, no. no don't tempt me. I'm going to make this. <laughs> Please do and then share it. Yes. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably on our Twitter. I have probably posted the playlist. It's probably there. <laughs> oh, oh, you'll, uh, you'll edit the episode. I'll be busy doing the important work. <laughs> perfect but i will say we have not discussed yet what our draft walk-up songs like what our selections would be
1: see i have a bad habit of like not getting the titles
0: of songs that i like (laughs) like open your spotify right now and just
1: My spotify is all over the place actually i should look up what is it like the
0: spotify rat. yes that would be a good idea
1: i'm just thinking my top songs from 2020 <laughs> the first one is everybody wants to rule the world a
0: classic um that could be a walk-up song
1: a lot of Nile horn on
0: here, as there should be i'm thinking uh, this is not a definite choice but i think that i am by young baby tate and flo millie might be a pretty good walk-up song don't kill my vibe by cigarette that could be a good one
1: i'm gonna say i always want to die
0: okay going by ni- the, title by the alone, 1975 okay sure. no i'm
1: kidding i'm kidding we'll do dancing in the dark by bruce springsteen
0: solid choice solid choice
1: i don't know i Ooh, feel like Or called- should i go whitney houston oh with the Kaigo remix of Higher Love. Got it in my head. I don't want to sing it. I'm a horrible singer. Uh,
0: I feel like I both listen to music that could be a good walk-up song and also I don't at all. I feel that. Wait a minute. Did you say Burn the House Down was on there? I think so. Okay, yeah. that's. I have that on a playlist here, apparently.
1: Let's <laughs> made on repeat for me. See, like... I know what the song is, but I don't know what the title is. Like, all these titles mean nothing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Walking on a Dream, I know that song. Empire of the Sun. Yeah, no, I'll just go with the Kaigo Whitney Houston, Higher Love.
0: Yeah, I feel like the direction you have to go with a a draft day song like this is you either have to go to a song that, like, really means a lot to you and that when you're walking up, like, it, it would create a moment it'd be like a soundtrack kind of kind of deal. Or you go what I like to call the Cotton Eye Joe route and just do whatever, because there are no rules. So I don't think I can definitively come up with one right now. I'd probably end up going with One Direction, some One Direction song, knowing myself. It makes you beautiful. Yes. Yes, perfect. But of course, if anyone out there in the great expanse of podcast land has any um, desire to share their choice for a draft day walk up song or a walk up song in general, or some teams in the NHL are switching over to having individual goal songs. So if you have a song for that, tweet it at us and Carl will give you a very honest review of whether or not she likes your choice.
1: Yes, and you should 100% be offended if I say no.
0: You are the end-all be-all of walk-up songs. If you don't approve it, it can't happen.
1: No, it's just embarrassing for you, so no. I get secondhand embarrassment if that was my walk-up song, so.
0: so I yeah. guess tread lightly.
1: yes. I accept songs that are classic rock, indie, or just a good song that actually has meaning.
0: You're, you're not one for the, the funny choices?
1: I mean, there's a certain level of funny. Like, if it's Cotton Eye Joe funny, yes,
0: 100%. Okay, because okay. I think there is a certain amount of power of just, like, they really told these guys, you can make us play almost anything over the speakers in this giant arena
1: that I would go with like a theme song of a, of a you know show which just the Wizards of Waverly Place 100% Sweet Life from Zach and Cody I mean it's a sweet life like you got drafted
0: perfect see I like how you're thinking sorry I'm just
1: going off a tangent here
0: <laughs> that's what this podcast is for the most part it's national polls a little bit of news and tangents. Yeah. Pretty much. All right, well, do we have anything else to share, Faye? Nope, (laughs) it's like you're the
1: teacher and I'm the the student. Anything else you'd like to add
0: before we end the Zoom? (laughs) When your professor is desperately trying to get someone to respond to the question that they just asked, but they spent two minutes asking the question, so no one remembers how it started. Yep.
1: That's
0: We're pretty like much that. like
1: this podcast.
0: Where, where did we start? Why are we here?
1: That's on the next episode.
0: What's <laughs> the meaning of all of this?
1: And with that, good day, good night, good morning, wherever good you're... Good <laughs> <else. laughs> Good day. Nah, just kidding. But seriously, have a good night morning whatever
0: not a day though have a bad day
1: no just we're gonna end it with peace peace